0: Welcome to the Post-Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God, we want you to know Him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post-Sunday Podcast.
1: welcome everyone to the post sunday podcast i am your host pastor johnny sierra i am here along with the one and only pastor tim grandstaff what is up brother halfway point halfway point.
2: 26 weeks 26 episodes halfway mark that's awesome we're there yeah it's going by fast
1: very fast a lot we've talked a lot um I've actually, we had a family reunion this past weekend, and uh, I'll tell you, man, like I, I, I brag, I brag about just what we're doing, and how we're doing it, and just how much we're providing along with it, like, it's, it's, this is this is good, this is yeah. unheard of too.
2: I've been shocked, I've been shocked at the amount of people listening, the amount of people that are not just listening, but like using it as a resource, yeah. and then Studying with it, and people are like, I'm rewinding it and listening to it again, and 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 it's just okay. Let's go. That's it's what nice. this is for.
1: It is, man. This is this has been an incredible journey thus far. Uh, looking forward to just how we continue to go throughout this year. But thank you so much if you've been with us throughout these twenty six weeks. We have talked a lot. Uh, as we're going through the Never Ending Story series, if you're not, um, if you don't know what what that is, uh, we're basically going through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. So every week we're knocking at at some portion of the Bible, um, uh, from Genesis to Revelation. Sometimes we'll spend a few weeks in a, a certain scripture uh, or a book. Sometimes we'll be in there one time and be not be done with it. Uh, but the beauty of it is we are going through this together as a church. And so you can find all that at Orlando.com backslash the never-ending story. If you need to uh, binge on some content, we got a lot of it for you. Uh, and again, we, if you're listening or watching us, we are on youtube.com backslash at post Sunday Podcast. And you can find us on Spotify and iTunes on at Post Sunday Podcast as well. So um, we are excited, man. I'm excited. We're just we're, we're thriving on all these avenues, really getting all this content out and um, and we recently launched a new segment to our podcast because we've just. Uh, Pastor Tim, sometimes will mention some questions from people from the pod in his messages or something like that. So we wanted to maybe just add that or tack that on into our um, show here. And so, well, what do you think about this? PSPQ, the post-Sunday podcast questions. <laughs> I- I'm hitting pastor uh, well, the live thing here. I was
2: thinking is how many letters are we going to add? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pspq right psp not bad yeah not bad but we need like a the jingle we need like we need some yeah like a a voiceover that comes (laughs) in for the segment like so that all of our listeners and watchers know that this is the q a time this is the time for your question to possibly be answered yeah so like we got to make it big and like okay
1: yeah i mean we're evolving so we will definitely we'll do that um Shout out to our producer, Stanton, is in the building. What's going on, my man? Give him a shout out over here.
2: Everything, everything's good on my end. I'm behind the camera, so nobody gets to see my face. <laughs> so we keep it, that way. We keep it uh, that way.
1: He's doing a great job. Super proud of him uh, and what he's doing. But he's going to uh, ask us the PSPQ question of the day. Uh, hit us up, brother. What, what do we got today?
2: So the question is going to read, how did God choose the writers of the Bible? Do you believe any of the additional supposedly historical books of the time? If so, do you encourage or discourage additional historical reading for the average busy Genesis church member, or should we just stick to the Bible? Ooh, nice. So, um, let me, let me unpack it this way, uh, quickly, but also with as much as I can give this, this listener or this viewer, um, with their question, um, Here's how we get the, the books of the Bible. You know, first and foremost, the Old Testament is never in question. By the time of Jesus, the, the books that make up the Old Testament are what they are. You know, I think that um, some people think that, you know, that was adapted or whatever. We know we get the first five books of the Bible from Moses who go up goes on up on Mount Sinai and God tells him, write these things down. He spends 40 days up on the mountaintop yeah. with God. Um, that was never in question. Uh, by the time you get to the New Testament, you know, it's like, how do you get 66 books and it's 27 in the New Testament, the 39 in the Old, you know, uh, we're never within question. Um, even the, the Council of and when, when they canonized the scriptures or, or when that was taking place, people are like, yeah, but they left out the Gospel of Thomas and they got left out the Gospel of Enoch and the Gospel of Mary, all these other books. The reason that they convened was not to decide which books are in and which books are out. The reason mm-hmm. that they convened was to hold true to the books that they had because there is heresy being brought in from the outside. And many of these extra books that were not added in do just that. They do not align with any of the other writings in scripture. They do not continue the story of the new Testament with the story of Jesus in in, in which we see in the 27 books and in the writings. Um, You take the gospel of Thomas for for instance. um, It's filled with Gnosticism. Uh, Is a Gnostic type of, of thought in all of it. You take the gospel of Enoch and that is written past the time of the old Testament, but deals with the old Testament, you know, and deals more with like mythology. And so there's all these discrepancies that were so, so visible within them. They were like, look, these were written way beyond any of this time. And people are trying to say they now were able to write a piece of the Bible and put it back in. And so they were really protecting what we got as it comes to the other question, and there's so much more in that, but I, th- yeah, that's that's yeah. the baseline. That's good. To the other piece of this question is, do you believe in the historical writings? Um, I don't believe in any book the way that I believe in the Bible. Okay, yeah. let's let's make sure that we're clarifying that piece of it. However, do we use historical writings? Um, we know that during the time of Jesus, um, around that that time, uh, Josephus was a historical writer. So historians, biblical historians, they all have used the writings of Josephus because it gives you a perspective of, of Jewish life, of what was going on around there. You have the uh, the writer, Mamanades. You have the, the, the Jewish book, the Mishnah. None of these have the authority that God has on the Bible because all of that is inspired By God. God ordained it. God knew He was who He's going to choose to write it. And God inspired them to write the the words that He gave them. These other books, though, do give you some historical and cultural perspective that you may miss or you may not understand. The Mishnah is a lot more about the oral law. How do they take the laws of God and then kind of apply them to the people? And so that's not the law but it allows you to see how they may have taken a law and tried to flush it out and make it more applicable type of a deal. But like I said, these b- historical books are there for your benefit. Yeah. Some of this stuff just depends like how much do you want to learn? Like are you like, hey, I want to go back to college and really like dive into these cuz I don't think someone's going to pick up the works of Josephus cuz they're they're thicker than the Bible. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> you know, in historical writings and then just sit down and read them completely, but you can Uh, through the power of the internet, which is a beautiful thing at this point, look up some of these things and use them within your study to help you get a perspective into the culture and context of what's happening during that time.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic, man. Wow. Hope that answers a little bit of your question. Um, And as far as just diving into some other books, I mean, we talked about that last week as well. You mentioned uh, walking, Even current
2: writers and things like that.
1: Yep, sitting at the feet of Rabbi Jesus was a really good one for me. Walking in the dust of Rabbi Jesus was a really good one for me as well. Uh, just learning it through a Jewish perspective, uh, reading the Jewish um, Jewish Study Bible has been great too. I kind of align that with like uh, the Tony Evans and just really dissect uh, those. So that's been that's been currently a really good combo. I would say for
2: anything me. by the writer N.T. Wright.
1: Yeah, he's great. Tom Wright, N.T. Wright. It's not New Testament, right? His focus is like New Testament, I've noticed.
2: he's probably during our lifetime one of the greatest uh, second temple scholars. And so it's funny because I had been reading his stuff for years. And, um, you know, you've got to kind of read it and reread it, you know, when you're first learning someone's writing Mm. style because it's deep. Um, However, I remember sitting with a Messianic rabbi in Atlanta one time picking his brain about the Bible from a Jewish perspective. And he said, hey, have you read this book by N.T. Wright? And you should read this one. And I, sa- I was like, what? And he was like, oh, I'm telling you, this guy knows his stuff when it comes to the second temple period wow. of the Bible and biblical times. That's awesome. And so um, he's got YouTube's stuff. He's got books out there. Yeah. I use all of it.
1: That's fantastic, man. I, yeah, I love it. I love it. And, uh, and and here at Genesis, we love, man, we really love to break things down into a much broader or deeper, deeper, but also look at some context outside, which helps us really get a good eye of what this is because, you know, we have, we're going through a lot of scripture that many people would know if on the surface level. And, but we, we want to go further. And so sometimes knowing some of the context a little bit more can really bring out a different perspective a different light to things and so good question love it keep love it love it yeah keep them coming guys we we, we want to launch this on a consistent basis weekly so if you have any questions dm us on instagram um at, on our post sunday podcast account uh, or on tiktok as well and you can also shoot us an email at uh, post sunday at gmail.com Episode twenty-six, man. Let's dive in. We are on uh, our second Samuel uh chapter eleven. Twelve. It's Twelve. Twelve. Yep. And so you um you this is not a fun, you know, how would you say, topic wise, it's it's you're not getting a lot of chance from people. So let's just put it that <laughs> way. <laughs> and, and I feel like you've been handed a lot of the tougher um, storylines here and really kind of having to, to adapt a bit, you know, and, 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 work it through. But you, you didn't, you didn't beat around the bush. I mean, yeah, you I, went right at, I, at
2: it on staff. I was like, Hey, who wants this one? <laughs> <Who> wants the- <laughs> I'm, like, oh, I'm out of town. I'm really busy. And then like, I, I come, I'm in the Bahamas all week on our missions trip. So, first of all, let me clarify for all of our listeners. I'm not yeah. in the Bahamas on vacation. <laughs> I'm on a missions trip at a camp, getting smacked in the face oh, by yeah. boards and beams and bleeding down. <laughs> down. I'm the only one injured during the week, you know. And yet, at the same time, I'm having to, like, get away and find time to really kind of craft this and put this back together. I had someone come up at the end of the service yesterday and go, man, to be in the Bahamas all week and come back and teach that, like, wow that's incredible you need a nap today (laughs) you need a nap today so it's not like I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna talk about sin and you're like uh, there's not a joke up front you can come in with there's not like there's not a funny story you can come in with like when you're trying to craft this like how do I draw people into this I was like I can't we're just we're gonna pull the trigger right away (laughs) man yeah. And we're coming right into this yeah. because there's really no other way. And and yet at the same time, when you're talking about this, this piece of the story, King David's sin, if you know of the Bible, you know of it. And I don't think people have really looked into it mm. to see all that it entailed, all that it required of him, um, as we looked at yesterday. And people use it in a way to really okay their sin. I've, I've heard it so many times. King David had an affair, and he was still king over Israel. Uh, and so it shows that God's grace is there, so so I'm good, right? Wow. Instead of, like, seeing the consequences, and we'll talk about that today. I, I, know of, I know of a few pastors. I know there's a pastoral group of pastors who have affairs and then use this passage in their teaching with each other to continue leading their church now with their new wife, that they've had an affair with because David never lost his position in his wow. authority. And, and so it can really be misused in a big way. The, the main part is that we are looking at sin though, and yeah. we're talking about sin. Yeah. And so really this podcast today for some people is going to be one. They're either going to tune us out or yeah. they're going to, they're going to draw into
1: this. Yeah. You're not going to be, it's not a comfortable topic to talk about, especially when, you know, you're exposing some closets in people's lives that, uh, maybe they want to keep dark and so we've all been there um and so man you ran out of the gate but I love you you began forward a bit um in talking about uh Nathan the prophet Nathan and so 2 Samuel chapter 15 from 5 to 9 basically Nathan is just he he he's given this Example to give to David, and it basically—I'll I'll read it. Nathan said to David, "You are uh no." I went ahead. uh Then David's—where uh where are we at here?
2: Am I am I in the right spot? He comes to him as ess- in essence. I'll, I'll summarize. It yeah, right. yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. And, and and tells the story. God gives him. Now here's the thing to think about. This is David's advisor. So he's a prophet, but he's an advisor. So here's a man after God's own heart, who has a guy who's supposed to hold him accountable. So there's, there's beauty in that. It shows that David has spiritual advisors in his life, just like we need. However, we have to ask ourselves, how much do we want that spiritual advisor in our life to speak into us? Because he shows up and he says, Hey, there's two men in the city, one rich, one poor, one has many sheep. One had nothing, could only buy one, fed it, Gave it something to drink. It grew up in their home with their family. It would lie in his arms. And then this traveler comes along. And then instead of the rich man using one of his many sheep, he uses the one poor man's sheep to provide for this traveler. And David gets irate. And that's where we jumped into the story. He's kindled against him. Yeah. This, this anger inside. Who did this? They should die. So think of like, he has no idea this is coming for him. And then this should be paid back fourfold, meaning, you know, not just one sheep given back, four sheep given back. Like you, this is an atrocity. Mm. Who could do such a thing? And your spiritual advisor looks at you and goes, you've been caught. Wow. It's you. You're the man in the story. Like I, I remember sitting with a friend that was a pastor on staff with us that got caught in an affair. And, that moment you get caught, right? He he, he from when he ran out of the office and ran into the woods, and the other pastors had to go run after him, type of a deal, because you've been exposed. You, you, you thought you'd hid, hidden it, it had actually stopped, and he thought because he stopped it, he could move on past it. And he goes running into the woods because he's been exposed. So I have that picture in my head of like, what was David's face like when Nathan says, you're the man. I know what you've done. God's let me know. And God knows what you've done. Mm. Like, this is the beginning of the story. That's why I said, like, mm. there's no joking here. There's no like fun way to come in this. There's no, you know, hey, let me just subtly walk <laughs> into this. Like wow. the bo- the pin has been pulled. The grenade has gone off. Wow. It's happened. Yeah. Everything's hit the fan at this moment.
1: Yeah. And no, I mean, I can only imagine David is exposed and it's funny, you know, he he's angry at this, you know, this storyline and he's like, That individual needs to be punished and you know, you you I don't want to get ahead of myself, but what he felt towards that individual was what ultimately should happen to an individual by law on what this type of sin, the consequences of it. But you mentioned sin starts small it's an innocent it's a it's kind of a, almost a small little virus right yeah and small acts and small triggers continue to activate it I was um talking to a family member about uh, just kind of like um, um certain diseases and viruses in your body auto autoimmunes and she was telling us about, how some of these autoimmunes don't get triggered until a uh, an, an, a, a very tragic event begins in your life uh, a car accident uh, uh, something something that just really shakes you and it like almost like awakens this this virus in your body and then and then there it goes just beginning to develop and I, I kind of look at sin like that it's like we all have the nature but if we continue these small acts and and, and and continue feeding it, it becomes something that just grows and becomes bigger, uncontrollable almost at, at some points of our lives. And so um, we're here, and you you basically came out the gate and said, sin angers God. Sin angers God. Sin has consequences. And talk to us a little bit about repentance because you went right right out the gate with that as well
2: yeah so i mean the the reality is we don't want to talk about sin Mm. because we ultimately know it's wrong yeah so we don't want to admit it we because we know it's gonna cause us to have to change we we don't want to face it because we know that eventually there's going to be consequences and we we have to get to this point as followers of jesus um who, who who faithfully follow the god of the Bible, this never ending story. And the only reason we call it the never ending story is because you can keep coming back to the stories and learning more. So they never end. There's so many layers within it. It, yeah. it just keeps, you know, teaching you things. But one of the things the Bible teaches us about is sin. I mean, it's inevitable. That's pretty much all the stories we've been learning about so far, it keeps showing you the sinful nature of man. It keeps showing you the faults of man. And it is inevitably displaying to us why, why we need a perfect savior that God chooses to partner with all of us. However, none of us are that, that perfect, that perfect, you know, uh, Promise that perfect example, a sacrifice that God promised that the world ultimately needs because of sin, and so therefore we have to look at the fact that every time we see sin in the Bible, God's angry about it. He's not; he doesn't laugh it off. He doesn't brush it aside. I mean, I'm thinking right now of like uh, the the nation of Israel at the foot of Mount Sinai, and if we didn't go this into this piece of the story when we were teaching it on a Sunday. But when Moses comes down and the golden calf has been done and all that stuff, and God says, hey, uh, 3,000, if you're with me, step over this line. Mm. And and I think we referenced it, but 3,000 didn't. And God opened up the earth and it swallowed them up. God looked at the earth during the time of Noah and said, it grieves me. That wickedness has covered the earth. I wish I wouldn't have even created it. So he floods it, right? Sodom and Gomorrah, he rains down fire and brimstone upon the city. Like we're seeing God's anger when something is sinful, and yet we don't look at our sin that way and realize that it completely angers God. Instead, we rationalize it. We rationalize it to be okay, to to live with, to keep doing, to keep being a part of, and to follow God. And this sin is a pinnacle illustration because what we do is we tear our sins right like well i haven't had an affair yet you know um but but what about this and so my daughter and i were talking the other day and um i forget how it came up but we were talking about sin and 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 consequences of sin and she said you know she goes yeah but all sin is equal Mm. and i said so let me tell you this That phrase right there is not in the scriptures anywhere. All sin is equal. That's not a biblical statement. That's an understanding because Paul writes, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So we all have sin. But sin has different consequences. It did in the scriptures. It does right now. In the scriptures, if you stole from someone, they would cut off your hand right? If you killed someone, they would kill you. There are different consequences for the sins you committed. Just like today, if you lie to me right now, I may or may not know it. If I find it out, the consequence is it hurts our friendship and I lose trust in you. If you have an affair on your wife, you lose your wife and your kids. There's a graver consequence for your sin. And so, as you said, some of them start small because you know what? They don't have big consequences. And the more we think we can get away with these small ones because the consequences aren't so big, the enemy uses that to really graduate us to bigger sins because we've gotten used and accustomed to getting through the small consequences for the small ones. We don't realize we are walking towards bigger ones with bigger consequences.
1: Yeah, wow and so you repenting basically is you know and and you 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 kind of paired the two repenting and remorsefulness and how there's a difference between those yeah right you 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 feel sorry remorsefulness is to say you are sorry and keep going forward right we all know that i feel bad for what i did but repentance is basically turning away from it completely there's a piece of that that you're like yes you feel the guilt and the shame the conviction of the Holy Spirit, but that leads you into basically a 180 um, pivoting from that and saying I'm no longer going to commit or continue that sin and act. I'm repenting from it. And that's the difference between um, repentance and remorsefulness. There's a, there's, a, there's a decision to be made and life change that comes after that decision. Remorsefulness is it's a kind of a temporary fix. You're putting a bandaid over a wound um, that just is eventually going to come off. Um, And so I thought that was great. You know, how do we repent from sin?
2: Yeah. The, the, the the thing with David is how do you, is he a man after God's own heart before the sin and never after? Right. Mm. Or when God says, Hey, this is a man after my own heart do you have to look at the totality of his life? I think so. Right. Because that therein lies the confusion. Like, well, he's a man after God's own heart until the sin. Yeah. Right. And what we want to do is show you the totality of his life was a man after God's own heart. Mm -hmm. Yes. Before the sin and in his response after the sin, this is how we can come to believe we can also be people after God's own heart, Mm. even in our own mistakes. Once again, this does not give us the excuse to keep sinning and making those same mistakes, okay? Because if we do, then we're not truly repentant. We're only remorseful, right? As you said, repentance is turning back. It is, I no longer want to be on this path or the path that I have gone on any longer. Remorseful is just saying, I'm sorry, moving forward and eventually ending up in the same spot. And what we see with David is we see true repentance, I know what I've done is completely wrong against God, right? And therefore, because of it, we see how he repents. Mm -hmm. And I think that shows why his heart belongs to God. He is a man after God's own heart up to this moment. And he continues to display that even in the midst of a mistake. But don't miss the fact that his sin had many consequences. Many. He didn't just get to move from the freely, right? Like, hey, I'm done. I said, I'm sorry, everything was good. Yep. His his story will then have within his own family murder and rape and rebellion. Y- you 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 know you now know your spiritual advisor knows you had been hiding a sin, and mm. God has used your spiritual advisor to speak into you so he knows your sins. So that has got to have in some way changed their relationship. Obviously, the woman you have, Bathsheba, you have killed her husband. Wow. She knows this. She, she has known this, and she knows this moving forward in life, and their son is taken from them. Like, there are so many consequences from this sin, yeah. and yet it's like the Christians that know the story use it as, hey, I messed up, so did David. Everything turns out okay in the end. That's not the full picture. Yeah. That's why we need to see what repentance w- looks like, not what being remorseful looks like.
1: Yeah, that's good. And I, I think uh, one key thing is uh, repenting from sin is admitting admitting your sin to God. How important is it, because in 2 Samuel 12, 13, David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. How important is it to not only repent first from your sin towards God, but to have accountability and be able to open, openly share that with someone? how 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 important is that when it comes to a, uh re- the repentance process
2: yeah it's it's the first big step. it is the difference. someone texted me yesterday after the service and said wasn't there I was watching online and I need to let you know that this this shook me today mm. there was some sin in my life that I did not go to God and say, Hey, I sinned against you and and I needed to do that today you know thank you for 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 teaching this wow. It's it's that initial step. You didn't just David. You didn't just sin against you know Uriah, whom you had murdered, and you didn't just sin against your friend Nathan, uh, your advisor. You didn't just sin against Bathsheba. You didn't just sin for your home. You sin first and foremost against God. You know better. He gave you authority. He gave you a kingdom. He gave you a throne. He anointed you. And that is the difference in, like, my wife will sometimes, she'll, she'll say, uh, we'll have, like, family or something, extended family that goes through things. And uh, she says, I feel like you're more graceful with a total stranger than you are sometimes with extended family. And I have to check that. So she, she's, she's right in that. But I will tell her, my, my struggle is this, the, the, the total stranger is completely ignorant to this. Mm. Our extended family knows this, Mm. and they're choosing otherwise. You have
1: a different relationship with your family. But
2: there's a difference, even in people in church, even the people listening right now. When you are told this, you're responsible for this. So you can't stand before God and say, I didn't know, right? It's different than someone who doesn't know God's word and doesn't know the Bible or anything like that, and they don't even know really... They only know sin is what the Christians have yelled at them sin is as to what that means. Once we know, we have to be willing to stand in front of God and go, I sinned against you. You asked me to obey. I didn't obey. That's David's first step in repentance. This is what shows us that his heart still belongs to God. Mm-hmm. He makes no excuses. He doesn't blame anybody else. He doesn't say, "Hey, my wife wasn't giving me the love and the care that I want." You know, family was just in disarray. I've got to leave this kingdom, and and it was weighing on me, and I needed someone there for me to nurture me and care for me right now because I was in center, so much stress and all these things. He doesn't make up any of these excuses. He just simply says, I sinned against the Lord. I admit that right out the gate. I know where I've stepped and I've stepped, you know, into disobedience against God. And, and that is the key first step in all of this. And, 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 and sometimes, yes, it involves going to the other person as well, confessing that sin to them, but it starts with confessing it to God. And 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 telling him, I sinned against you, God, and I know that that was against you.
1: Yeah, and so it seems like there's almost like a three kind of a, you 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 brought up three different ways or just kind of like points and how repentance really should start. It's admitting your sin against God, which David did, confessing your sin against God, and then. 2 Samuel 12, 16, David therefore sought God on behalf of the child, and David fasted and went in, in and lay all night on the ground. Uh, and basically, uh, so there's some context there um, that we spoke about. Uh, but now, because of that sin that David committed, there's consequences. Um, but uh, he committed, he was unfaithful, basically took another man's wife, uh, and now they're they're going to have a child, and the child now ends up— well, he hasn't yet passed, but now he's basically, uh, on behalf of the child, he's fasting and praying, hoping that the child will be well. Um, and so now he finds out that the child died, and so basically, what Scripture says, he kind of Get ba- gets himself ready and just— himself.
2: So this is loaded. It is loaded. Like there's so much within this from so many different perspectives, um, not just about sin and repentance, but about our life, about the journey we're on, the adventure spiritually. Um, The the, the hard part is unpacking all of that, Mm. right? The reason we went to it was to show first and foremost, David moves on from his sin. There are a lot of people right now, They have a sin in their past or in their life that they either feel stuck in or they feel like they can't unbreak the shackles from. And that is really the enemy's ploy. You're always gonna be shackled to this. This will always be part of your identity, or you're not getting out of this. I got you in the mud. You're stuck here. And when we truly repent, this is a beautiful picture to show we can move forward. You know, David cleansing himself and washing himself and putting on new clothes is even just a visible, symbolic reminder of being cleaned and cleansed from the sin. You know, but as I said, seven it takes seven days for a son to die. He's laying on his face before God. He's fasting and not eating. Like people need to see the pain
0: mm.
2: that David was carrying because of his sin. This is where like we got to get past the whole just like wash your hands and David moved on and continue to be a great mighty king of Israel. Yeah. Like my man is on his face in the dirt for seven days without eating because he knows his sin against God is that grave. And 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 what he's done is going to carry a consequence. And, and now we're to the point like where we talked about. I don't know why God chose to take his son other than he sinned against him. You know, this is their first child with Bathsheba. I gave you a crown and a kingdom and an authority and I anointed you and you abused that. And so I'm taking your first son who would have you know carried on, you know, the family, the 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 throne, whatever. God said, I'm gonna work my story. You tried to work your story, Mm -hmm. right? You tried to rewrite your own story and it went horribly wrong for you. And so People still ask today, like, well, does God still do that? Does God still, you know, punish people for their sin? Mm -hmm. And I have to honestly say yes, and I don't know, (laughs) right? Because I don't know how, but he does. And I don't know if I can always say that was a punishment or a consequence, and it was easy to see. However, I know that we have sat with people that are involved in addictions and substances, and we will tell them if you keep doing this in your life, it's going to lead you to destruction and possibly take your life. And people still keep taking that substance or that, you know, that drug they're addicted to. And then you find out, you know, so they, did they get themselves there? Did their, their, their sinful path lead them there? I can't answer that question, right? That's a, that's a, that's a, ticking bomb right but like i'll give you this example my pastor growing up he was a a pastor on tv nationally globally known and when hurricane katrina hit new orleans he said i believe god is taking his hand off of pieces of our country when he said that it created an uproar how dare you say that god allowed this hurricane to strike New Orleans. Mm. Right. Looking back, you have to ask, like, we know what New Orleans is for. I talk to people who go there. You know, there's Voodoo and and then, you know, you go there for Mardi Gras. That's not a that's not a godly a festival. Like yeah. you go there for things that are anti-God completely. And you look at it and go, I can't say yes to what he said, but what if? What if God did? Like you you have to at least try to discern and and see some things i can tell you that god's hand is off this country in many ways Mm -hmm. right look at the rampant sin look at the marches happening this week where in pride week they're they're literally marching the streets going we're here we're queer and we're coming for your children like what is that right that not only angers me that that makes me go hey listen what we're learning is that much more important Because if they're coming for our kids with their ideology, we better be giving them the truth of God's word. So God's hand has come off in some ways because sin is growing and rampant and more and more people are engaging in it instead of realizing this angers God and it will have consequences.
1: Yeah. Wow. And the consequence was, you know, David lost his child, like you said, his firstborn, firstborn of Bathsheba. And so in the fourth, you you know, how do we repent from sin? So we've mentioned three moving forward. And then fourth is just restore yourself from your sin against God. Uh, Psalms 51, 3 and 4, For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. Restoring yourself, basically, as you were bringing that analogy. Um, bathing yourself almost just... just putting on new, new garment, um, kind of that analogy, restore, restoring yourself to, to what God wants for your life. Psalms 51, 10 through 12 was great. Um, you, were, you were asking me about a certain song with this one, but create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Um, that's, that's a, that's, that's someone that has been, uh, that's had the conviction and that has turned around and said, please God, you know, like I know what I've done is wrong. Have mercy on my soul.
2: Conviction turned confession. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Many of us get convicted and then we squash it instead of confessing it. And you know, Psalm 51, I think I only know it because it became a song in church. Like even Mm. when I say it, I have a hard time reading it without like <laughs> truly <laughs> wanting to sing it and i don't even mean that as a joke like i have to figure out like how to read it and not <laughs> sing it because i i heard it my whole life as being a song, sung yeah. as a song yeah and that's the beauty of singing the scriptures but at the same time that is the cry of david god i'm not just sorry i need that heart that was after yours i need you to create it clean again yeah. Like, this is the backside of it. So this is why we get David as a man after God's own heart, because even in his sin, he comes back to God and declares, God, give me a clean heart and renew a right spirit. And I love the end of it, return the joy of your salvation. And as we talked about, his happiness is gone, Mm. right? Because your advisor, someone that's close to you knows You've been exposed. You've lost your son. He's not coming back. It's going to be really hard to find happiness. But he knows happiness is different from joy. And he knows joy only comes from God and his salvation. So he begs for that. Restore the joy. There are people that have sinned and sinned like David in their life. And they are facing or living with the consequences of that. And for some of them, that's the final piece. God, today, I need you to restore the joy of your salvation. I may not have the happiness of a marriage, a happiness of a home, whatever that looked like because of the ramifications of the decision that was made, but I can have the joy of your salvation, which is better and bigger anyways than my own personal happiness, to continue to walk forward in this life, and I can still be seen as a clean heart in front of you to be used by you. And a guy came up to me at the end of the service and he said, you know, I was thinking like I've had some sin in my life. I've had to admit and confess. And like right now I'm probably at a better spot than I, than I've been. So he wasn't being arrogant, but he said, but God said, okay, that's cool. Let's not talk about a sin you're in, but let's talk about the attention you're giving to places right now. Mm -hmm. And he said, because God, God would, you know, told me, What gets your attention eventually becomes what you think about the most. And we know that what you think about the most eventually leads to action. And then your action will eventually have a consequence. And so God was, you know, telling him like, hey, you may not be here yet, but let's talk about what's getting your attention then. Because if it's getting more attention than me or your spouse or your kids or whatever, eventually you're going to keep thinking about that thing which is eventually going to lead to action, which is going to have some consequences. And I was like, Ooh, that's good. And I told him yesterday, I was like, I'm going to say that. I give you a shout <laughs> out Josiah <laughs> Potter. Um, Let's go. let And Let's so go. Uh, that was great, you know, feedback coming yeah. at the back end of this. And I told him, I said, what people have to realize my pastor used to say this. Um, and I think a bunch of pastors have, but it's pride, pleasure and power. One of those three Ps is your hook, and Satan knows it. The hook of pride, arrogance, whatever it is, and how you walk with that, Satan knows how to use that to bring you down. Pleasure, you you like to enjoy things and find happiness anywhere you can, even if it's just for the moment, you know, he's going to use it. And then power, whether it's money, authority, a job title, Pride, power, and pleasure. Mm-hmm. One of those three is a hook inside of every human being. And the enemy knows it, and he's just waiting for you to start those small innocent acts or for it to get your attention enough to start thinking about it wow. to where it becomes a bigger consequence down the line. And that's that's a key part in all of this and understanding that, like, yeah, we all have that. We all have that tendency, as you said. It's in there, and he's just trying to awaken it arouse it tempt you with it to pull you into destruction yeah in psalms
1: 51 again with 10 through 12 the back end of that restore to me the joy like you said of your salvation and uphold with uh with a willing spirit um you said something in the back end to kind of close things out but repentance confronts us in our sin tells us we can be changed and forgiven Sets our hearts for, toward God, toward Jesus, and stops us from harming ourselves or others. I thought that was powerful. Yeah,
2: I read that, um, and I don't remember where, honestly, I would give true credit to, to who wrote that. Um, but yeah, it confronts our sin, tells us we can be changed and forgiven. This is what the beauty of repentance is. Um, in the Hebrew language, it's teshuva, meaning to simply return. Mm. Prodigal son goes wayward and he returns home to the father. Right. Um, and so it also stops us from harming ourselves and harming others. And yesterday, uh, in the third service, I heard some noise and I thought, I thought honestly it was some kids kind of being kids in the service. And I'm usually, I'm good at overcoming crowds and noise and babies crying and all that stuff. But it kept growing. And I realized that, uh, this is someone crying and they're sobbing, and they're sobbing, and sobbing at a level that, like, for the first time, I'm I'm trying to figure out mentally. Like, keep preaching it. This is going on, and my mind is swirling. Like, like, we're talking about David having an affair. Is this someone that's been through an affair, had an affair? Like, what's going on? And it's crazy because I get off the stage, and you're you're doing, you know, you're leading music and worship and people are praying down front and God just says, you need to go up and clarify something. You need to go up and clarify that we had gone back when, when, when David gets up and he moves forward and everyone's confused. Like your son is dead. How you should be mourning now. Like, how are you getting up now and moving forward and how are you going and worshiping God now that he's dead? Like everyone's confused with his actions and he says where he is going. I can't, or where he is going. I can't bring him back from but I will go there. And so I just sidebarred, I just for a moment, I said, uh, for all those who have had a miscarriage, this is a verse you cling to. Because when you've ever wondered, where's my child? David speaks right into that. He says, listen, I can't bring them back, but where they've gone, I can go to. Wow. Right? There's beauty in this. There's There's a comfort and peace. And so God says, hey, go back up. Holy Spirit's telling me and make sure that you clarify that you weren't saying to those who had miscarriages that they, the reason for it was sin like David, wow. right? There's a difference. God yeah. took their son and there's a difference. Your body just naturally rejected a child in, in a miscarriage. And when I went up and did that, um, this person that was crying, like they were, they were struggling through a miscarriage. And they're struggling with, like, the peace of mind that my my this child that I lost wow. is with God. Had another husband come up and go, we, we, we can't have kids. And you don't know how much it meant that you came back up and you said that because my wife has struggled with thinking mm-hmm. she's done something wrong in her past as wow. to why she can't have children. Yeah. And it's just that reminder of this David saying, take not your spirit from me. It's the spirit of God that leads me into these moments, but also convicts us yeah. and guides us. And David knows, God, you anointed me with your, when you anointed me, what did it say? It said, and immediately God's spirit rushed upon David.
1: Mm.
2: And so David at the end is saying, God, don't take that spirit from me. Because if you do, I'm only going to go further or fumble because your spirit is the one who illuminates me in darkness. And I've seen it time and time again. I sat with a guy years ago, who was on the very beginning stages of an affair, of committing adultery. He had just started being caught talking too much to a coworker. Mm -hmm. Text messages, prolonged phone calls, and pulled him in and sat with him, and said, hey, you know where this is going. You've grown up in ministry. Mm -hmm. You've grown up doing this. Don't take these next steps. And it was the one time I looked in someone's face and I saw such apathy, just this deadness spiritually. And they literally spoke back to me and said, yeah, I know. But in this moment, I don't care. Wow. And I, and I was like, the Holy Spirit's not with this person. Holy Spirit's not with them. Because there's no way that you could be speaking in those terms. You have literally... Moved yourself into a place where God said, okay, I can't have my spirit with you right now. You are actively engaging in sin. Wow. My spirit's not going down that path with you. Wow. David knows this enough. This is why his heart's after God. I've sinned gravely against God. and The very thing I'm asking not to happen, the very first thing you gave me, God, wasn't a crown. It was your spirit. Your spirit rushed upon me when I was anointed by you. Wow. Don't take that spirit from me.
1: Wow. That's powerful, man. That is That is really good. Um, and that's gonna segue us into next week, and that's that's we're gonna have a really good time next week. That's because you're I, doing it. I'm
2: excited. You get to I'm step excited. into the Neverending Story and teach. I'm excited and preach. Yep. And here's the cool part: you get to show people that God still uses David for His great story. David's st- still part of the the story that you'll continue yep. with. I get to get it out of the way because I. T- Taught a hard message. (laughs) This is what I do. Teach Teach a hard message and bounce. I I gotta get out of here for a second. (laughs) I I gotta go preach at Westridge up in in Atlanta for for my former pastor, and he gave me. They gave me a hard. They're preaching through the book of Mark verse by verse. Wow! So they gave me a tough one and bounced on me. So what? they're like, "Hey, if Tim's gonna come preach. Let's give him this one. Oh, and and gosh. this will give me a chance to get away." So Man. I'm doing that to you because it was done to me. Yeah, yeah. And then you get. I'm to, just you know.
1: sad that you won't be there to,
2: to you know. You, honestly, I love to I'll have do. you
1: there. As soon as um, my day it's is like over, my safety net,
2: I will go immediately watch. <laughs> I always do. Yeah, you do. I want to see how you do. Yeah, like, you do. Like I, I am excited to see what you're gonna Uh, do with Solomon and his story and all that you've been, and for those that are listening, You've been studying for a while. I have. I think you've had this for about two months. It's yeah. And you started stealing my books immediately, <laughs> but I still needed it for the current weeks <laughs> using yeah it to me. get ready. It's me. And uh, and so I'm excited for how you're going to step into that. And what that means is that next week on the podcast, I get to sit in that seat. Yeah, you sit
1: in this. We seat are and reversing I things. get to be the captain. Yeah, it's it's great. It's great. I'm excited, man. This is just such a great. Um, continuation of God's word, God's uh, opportunity. I'm just, I'm thankful to have the opportunity, and thankful that uh, we got pastors here that uh, believe in just what God's doing, and in us. And so, I'm, I'm, I'm super thankful for that. But uh, just tune in; we're gonna have a really fun time with that. But it was amazing. I hope you guys were blessed by episode 26 here in the never-ending story as we talked about David's sin. Um, but the beauty of it is just the confession and the forgiveness, right, the repentance of sin that God uh, that he took and God restoring his life. So uh, take that with you here today. But um, we want to hear from you guys. Again, submit your questions over to our Instagram, TikTok accounts, DM us. And also email us at postsundaypodcast at gmail.com. If, and we'll try to get to as many as we can, uh, as best as we can. And uh, But yes, give us a follow as well in some of those accounts. Follow us in all that. Uh, and just not- get click that notification button on YouTube. Follow us there. And, uh, and we'd love to continue this, this journey with you guys. But we hope you were blessed. We'll see you guys back for episode 27. Grace and peace. <laughs>
0: Thanks for listening to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church, a place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando and at Post Sunday Podcast. Till next time, grace and peace to all of you.